Hey guys, welcome back. It's Jay, but this time it's not Brendan. We actually have another host with us, which is, go ahead. Chris, Chris Osborne. Um, yeah, Brendan has to take a back seat this time. Taking a back seat. He's actually behind us. He's doing the video stuff. Saul's job. Yeah, he's doing Saul's job. And with us today, uh, there's a reason that Chris is actually on this episode. Uh, we have Aaron, right? Aaron. Aaron. Aaron Coot. Coot um, of Bossel Watches and one of the things that kind of brought him into us was their newest release which we'll be talking about uh i guess we can start wrist check what are you wearing chris uh ap royal oak 15.4 silver dial yeah uh i'm wearing uh euro otavia joe siffert so this is a vintage watch how about you i'm obviously wearing a Barcel. that's right um ocean moon 4 which is uh always our best seller the the fourth version of the ocean moon looks great there's actually also a special engraving on there there is a special engraving on there it says wimbledon champions 2022 very nice now if you're wondering why that says wimbledon champion 2022 we'll we'll cover it because uh it's an interesting story as someone who is a tennis fan all right so i guess before we get deeper into it uh one of the things for let's say someone who's listening who isn't familiar with Bossel, like want to talk about it a little bit sure um Bossel is an australian lifestyle brand founded by christoph hopp who was uh an ex-cfo within swatch group so he has a deep deep technical history within the swatch industry um he also worked for universo and he met his wife who was uh, an Australian dancer in Geneva and moved back to Australia where he always says that you always move to the wife's country, that way you have a better life, you have a, a happier life. <laughs> um, and he, when he got to Australia, he, he was looking at all of the, the wrists and, and he said there are a couple of okay watch brands here but nothing premium. So um, he'd been designing watches since he was a kid and he saw that as an opportunity to, to follow his dream. And he started Bossel in 2011. So it started as a love story. See, as I didn't actually think Basel was that old. I've, to be quite honest, um, yeah. I've only recently heard of Basel as a brand. Um, just from seeing other people, even word of mouth. It, 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 a lot of it, to me, was word of mouth. Yeah, we have some very solid supporters in the, in the US and Australia and around the world, actually, that are always pushing and saying, hey, you know, look at my new watch. That's it's pretty amazing. good. Yeah, we love it. Thank you. Keep doing it. <laughs> to think of it, I actually can't think off the top of my head any other Australian brand, yeah, like, and watches that... I'm not going to name them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah <I> mean, <laughs> that's not, right. <laughs> well, it's not even that. I'm not, like, obviously competitors, but it's just, it's just kind of an area that I don't, I just don't, you don't foresee watchmaking, watchmaking or watches yeah. or yeah. anything like that. In Australia, we have great design. Great fashion, um, a lot of amazing food and beautiful beaches, and and you know, people, hardworking people, striving for success and taking life seriously, but not themselves. We always like to take the take the piss from our that's, ourselves. That's, that's how it should be, right? Yeah, I mean, I definitely. think so. If that's, I think something that kind of happens in this hobby, especially, is that people start taking themselves a little too seriously, 
And in, in that, I feel you lose the joy of it. You we take our we take mantle. our watches absolutely seriously. Uh -huh. I mean, Christo, as a ex CFO of Swatch Group, is very detailed, and um, he wants to elevate his product at all times. But one thing he has done, he elevated the product, but he's left the price down. So, as a CEO, I need more margin. So I, I need I need him to creep a little higher on those prices. You heard that. His quality <laughs> his quality to price ratio is too good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's that's good with Basel, though. I mean, especially now you guys have started doing a lot of collaborations. Also, there's quite a bit of people of uh, notoriety who are wearing your guys' watches. Um, I know that one of them most recently, like I said earlier, the Wimbledon thing, the Wimbledon connection, is Max Purcell and uh, Matthew Ebden, right? Yeah, Matt wears, Matt wears Bramont. Bramont. Max wears Basel. That's right. But they're both big watch guys. So... With Max wearing it, uh, who'd, for you listening who's not aware of tennis, they both won the Wimbledon doubles. And it's their first Grand Slam. And sitting with us is not only someone who runs Basel, but also is a Wimbledon winning coach. <laughs> and you probably can see it on YouTube videos because <laughs> he, he was on it, dude. How did that partnership actually come about? So... Max reached out to us via Instagram, reached out to Bossell and he said, hey, I really love your watches. Um, you know, and he reached out a couple of times and I thought, okay, I'll check this kid out. And then I started watching some of his tennis and obviously we gave him a watch and then we started, I started messaging before and after games because I do a lot of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and like I compete all over the world and the one-on-one -on -one sport, the head game of sport is, is identical to tennis. It's all self-doubt and it's all overcoming your own fears to be able to, um, you know, to, act, to do your job under pressure. And then um, Max and I had been talking for about 18 months or so and then one day he um, ended up in like, almost like a little a mentoring position, but, but two mates. And then he uh, one day he just sent me a text out of nowhere and said, I need a copy of your passport. And I said, okay. For what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I trust you, but what for? <laughs> And then he said, um, I've just sacked my coach. I'm getting you accredited for Wimbledon. Oh, <laughs> shit. Seriously? Is that actually how it... 100%. Wow, Holy that fuck. is crazy. And I said, you know I know nothing about tennis, right? <laughs> <laughs> and to which he laughed. He said, I've got that side covered. We're going to do good together. And then um, I turned up on the, on the first day of, of singles qualies. He'd never qualified for Wimbledon before. And he fought three really long battles, and he um, he qualified first time he qualified for Wimbledon in the singles. So that was a, a new big win for him, and he just got beat by Manorino in I think on the in a in a fifth set, another five set tiebreak in the first round. Then it was onto the doubles with Matt and Max, and then they did five set, five set, five set super tiebreak, um, a three setter with. We got, we got a rest there and then another five set five set and then in the super tie break in the final was they ended up winning 10-2 and yeah. Max scored eight of those points it was incredible and afterwards wow. yeah and afterwards because he was someone in the crowd behind me said Max has gone into god mode oh, yeah. and then <laughs> I, I, I said to Max what happened and he goes I couldn't miss that's like, so yeah he was just so at the height of his career he went in full flow and absolutely nailed it. It was incredible. So he obviously realized somewhere along the line, like 
he knew he had the skills in the tennis. Like he knew he had that part covered. Sure. You opened the, his eyes to like, I need to get over this mental hurdle, the, oh, which is what was kind of holding him back. He's super and strong. So maybe, maybe his other coach wasn't helping him with that, and that's what you got to um, do. Yeah, I don't know where he was with his other coach or whatever, but there's a lot of, I mean, at any high level, there's a lot of emotion uh -huh. involved and a lot of stress and a lot of, I don't know, it's, it's, it's all mental. And, but especially in doubles, there's a lot of relationship coaching yeah, as well. Because a lot of you trust. Need to get, you need to get them both trusting each other to know that if I go this way, he's got that way covered. You know, so it was, um, it was an interesting time. Yeah. Sounds like it. That's, that's awesome. I'm not going to lie. I thought that Aaron had a tennis experience prior to this. Nope. <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the Ted Lasso of tennis. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> yeah. The Ted Lasso. <laughs> gonna, let's get that Netflix. No, let's get I that have. show going. Yeah, that, that is a Netflix show <laughs> waiting to happen. I'm real life. Yeah. But I, no, I'm a, I'm a jiu-jitsu guy. I've been doing that for almost 20 years and compete everywhere, everywhere I can. Man of a lot of, a lot of talent. A lot of maybe talents or just a lot of escaping to do other things you know when I need it when it's too stressed I need to go and escape and do some jiu-jitsu and another stressful thing <laughs> jiu-jitsu is peaceful nobody can you cannot think of bills because you're in the anything. moment you can't think of anything when someone's trying to choke you, <laughs> you or you think of everything because it's about to go out you're no. about to go lights out <laughs> You know, all you think of is addressing that problem right there at your throat, and the world becomes completely focused. <laughs> Crystal everything clear, else you're fades, everything choked. else fades Every, away. Yeah, everything fades until like it just goes away. That's where it's 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 the thing that people love about jujitsu. It's it's a it's a happy place. You know, I've always heard that from multiple people who have done BJJ. They're like, yeah, dude, it's like it's where I relieve stress, and it's funny because I've been to like a tournament to watch, and he's like getting fucking choked out. <laughs> and then after he tells me he's like yeah dude that was so much fun i was like bro what you were like asleep yeah it's weird yeah. i mean that's in the army that's what we learned is a lot of bjj and uh, uh the army actually teaches you bjj they call it combatives but yeah it's basically all based off that and then you know they add in other things but um yeah i mean like you said it's 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 kind of weird when you're getting choked out but it's fun at the same time like yeah, you don't want to do that, but you're having fun because you're kind of like I, wrestling with your, wrestling with your brother when you're a kid, but you're not going to get in trouble for it. Uh huh. I get it. Cause yeah, I mean, I've I've been I've rolled a couple times. I've enjoyed it. We're gonna roll after this. Actually, we're gonna clear. Yeah, right here. We're gonna clear <laughs> out this table. entire thing, guys. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna roll. But um, another collaboration, or like I guess another representative of the brand um, that you guys worked with before was the Royal Air Force, right? Royal Australian Air Force. Yes, the RAA. Yeah. Uh, how, how, did, how did that happen? Well, it was their 100th anniversary, and we knew it was coming up, and we pitched to them. And we just threw our hat in the ring, and there were a number of big brands, global uh -huh. brands, pitching for it, yeah. um, as you would expect. We made the most sense as an Australian brand and, and, a, and a rapidly emerging Australian brand. Um, and it was the first time where we thought, wow, we're actually... Doing something. We're, yeah, we're punching way above our weight and we're doing something proper. It was such a, such a good feeling. And then we ended up, because of our, our watch, I don't know how much you know about our watches, but our watches tell incredible authentic stories for a couple of reasons. One, because when Christo founded the brand, it needed to be two things. One, it needed to be 
Swiss made, which was easy, that's his background. And it also needed to be um, something uniquely Australian. So what he came up with was a hollow crown. That you can see, you oh can yeah, see yeah. it hollow. has like the sand yeah. inside. And he was putting red earth from the center of Australia or sand from one of our beautiful beaches. And every, right. every watch he was sending out into the world, he was sending a little piece, a piece of Australia. Australia. Yeah. Oh my. And he was Fuck, saying, sick. he was saying, keep a piece of Australia with you. And then, so what we did and how we told the story for the Royal Australian Air Force was that, which is, I think it's amazing. Their motto for the 100th anniversary was then, now, and always. So for then, we went to Point Cook, or well, the, the Air Force went to Point Cook, which was, it's now a museum, but in 1912, it was the, the, the site of the first Royal Australian Air Force base. So they gave us some soil and we put that in the crown. So that's then covered from 100 years ago. Wow. They gave us a piece of the first ever F-18 fighter jet produced and flown in Australia uh -huh. for the case back. We've now got now, so we've got then and now, and then always was the, their logo on the dial for the, their roundel, which said, is their commitment to always serve the Australian people. So it, it was complete then, now, and always through the watch. It was so good, so cool. I'm not gonna lie, I got goosebumps on that. That's so good. It, it was amazing. Um, and then they were giving a percentage of their royalties for them went to um, restoring old planes in their history museum. So it just, they just wanted it to be a part of their history. And we did a we did a um, an aviator, which was a, a version of the of the um, ocean moon, and we did an airfield. The airfield had a came with a key ring that was. Um, made out of the Hercules. Oh my God. So a different type of plane. We did two types of plane in the airfield, but the, the aviator stayed with the F-18 fighter, fighter jet. Very cool. Was that like a limited edition or limited, or they have like a yeah, specific limited number edition, they wanted made? Limited or? edition. The first 500 was limited and numbered. Everything after that was um, no, no numbers, just catch and kill your own. So it was the first in best dress. Pretty That's cool story. So sick. Yeah. I wish I wish fuck. I had one with me, but. I, um, I only brought the new ones we've got. So. But then <laughs> after that, our next collaboration on the same way was the Invictus Games. So we, we went from there to Invictus Games. I was there in The Hague last year. Um, actually, this year? Yeah, early this year. Um, and the watch we did for that, it had the logo on the front. It had the Invictus poem from um, Ernst Young on the, on the back that says, I am the captain of my, uh, the master of my destiny, the captain of my fate. Uh -huh. Because it's, it's, the Invictus is about being unbreakable. And in the hollow crown, the metals were made by the Royal Dutch Mint. So they grind, they grinded up some of the metals into granules and they gave us some of the metals <laughs> oh, to, to put in the that crown. That is really cool. So every, every person who, who bought a watch, win, lose or draw, you were a winner. But that's, you know, the, every single person that competed at Invictus Games was an absolute hero in my eyes. It was unbelievable. People, in any other situation, you'll be diving into the pool to rescue those people because they're drowning. But for them, there is no way they're not making it to the finish line. No legs and one arm and just swimming. Would float on their back for a while to, when they were exhausted, get some more gas, and then they would just turn over and go again. Everyone in the room, everyone around the pool was crying. It was incredible. That is awesome. Oh my God. That's like, with the crown and adding in just pieces of the metals that is that's, I don't know that's just so, you know what, such that, a cool that's like true grit right that's yeah. grit in what it is the grind for it and it's just something different you think you know like this one has the sand and um, 
has soil. The ocean moon. Yeah, the ocean moon has a sand from the beach that Christoph, the founder, swims at every morning. He ocean swims right through, from every <laughs> single day of the year at 5 a.m. He's out there. It's sometimes it's dark in winter and it's so cold. And there's about 150 of them. They swim a mile every morning. Oh my god! And this is this is important to him. So he puts that that sand in from something that makes his day. But it's it's just cool that like since the Invictus Games is not like. A specific country per se mm-hmm. so no. you found a unique way of saying okay this is still your home like you did something like feel proud and like yeah. you can always wear that and no matter and where you place like you I, did something like majority of the people will not yeah. be able to do i didn't know in the invictus i didn't know that invictus games i thought it's a games you know it's prince harry's adaptive games for um disabled veterans mm-hmm. and it's lots of amputees, lots of PTSD, lots of... I, I didn't realise that, just naively, I thought it's the... You had to have the best times to get through to... You competed a lot and this was the pinnacle of yeah. all of the winners, but it's not. It's a matter of it's a matter finishing. Of, yeah, it's a matter of where you are in your recovery from PTSD or from, um, you know, from just your mental health, from your, your amputa- amputation. Um, I met some incredible people there and, and I walked away from there just needing and wanting to do more. It was crazy. Um, but I talked to one guy, he had, these, he had these horns on, I think he was from Denmark or somewhere, wore uh-huh. this hat, and he was just a character that you couldn't miss him. And I said, hi mate, how are you? One day I just said, I had to say hello. He goes, I'm shitting myself. <laughs> and I went, well, four, you're right. You, you look like you're having a ball. He said, um, I've got to swim tomorrow and I can't swim. And I said, how'd that, how'd that happen? And he said, I, um, my PTSD came from a drowning accident. I think it was Denmark or Norway. One of them only brought 12 athletes and they were all PTSD. And he said, I, I nearly drowned. So I'm, I'm going back in the water tomorrow. I'm going to swim a lap of that pool no matter what. And I just had to give him a hug. And I just, I, 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 that was for me where I went, okay, this is, there's more to this game than the sport. powerful. Yeah. And, and, that, and that probably gave him like an emotional breakthrough once he... You know, finish once that. he touched the water and started moving. Well, that and then Absolutely. like knowing that he could get in and go and... It was crazy. It was such an uplifting place. I've never felt energy like it. So uh, That'd be actually really humbling, I think, to go and see that. Those, yeah. Those things. yeah. I came back from there in a, almost in a rage of needing to do more and needing to help more and to stop complaining. Yeah. You know, I mean, I don't complain a lot, but like there are people there that just made me realize that life is so good. So good. So when we when we got back from there, and I don't know what the next question is, but it, I um, I pitched. Actually, it was before that, but I started working in earnest on this next project where I, I pitched a, to the U.S. Army. I, I live not far from the VA building in uh-huh. in Brent in Brentwood in um, Los Angeles. Yeah. And then there's so many homeless veterans around the VA building, and I've been here for seven years, and it's one thing that I just needed to to try to do something. My wife and I wanted to, to try to make a difference in some way. But then um, I end up with a, a friend of mine, Jamal, who um, used to do bespoke suits for basketball, as we still does, but he reached out to me and, about our watches. And then we started to talk and he told me about some of the problems that veterans have assimilating back into society after their tour. And then they, he talked about PTSD. I talked about my PTSD and then we hit it off really well and we became a a really solid support for each other. Then we started to say, how can we, how can we scale this support? Because Jamal's a part of a few veteran organizations um, and he took me to a few things. So I got close with the veterans and then 
one day I, I had an idea based off the Royal Australian Air Force idea where they were giving a percentage of sales to the restoring old planes. I wanted to do something for the people. And I, I cold called one day out of nowhere. I, I just wrote a, a pitch to the US Army on their website, yeah. expecting never to hear from them again. And then the next morning, the, the first email in my inbox was from those guys. And I went, whoa. Wow. And it said, dear Mr. Coote, while we've never, while historically we've never given a US military license to a non-US brand, uh-huh. we love this concept and we want to keep talking because we'd love to find a way to say yes. That was about a year ago. It took about eight months of ticking boxes and back and forward with legal and making sure we did everything. We set up a US entity here for Bossell now, so we are a US-based um, company as well. I see. And we, um, we're starting to do some good things and we ended up bringing some of those veterans that we talked to in. I'm a, I'm a, uh, a member of a, a veteran association called Merging Vets and Players that puts veterans and ex-pro athletes together because they both come down from these big highs that they, they need peer-to-peer, it's a peer-to-peer support group. I see. And it's, um, it's pretty amazing. And a bunch of those guys jumped on. I think we had four from MVP, five, um, including Jamal, uh, that jumped on our design committee. And they worked with Christoph, a few other vets, and um, Christoph Hopp, the founder, who's our designer, and then a, um, another guy, um, Serge Pankjek, He's a, his Instagram is the Risplorer. He's a, um, a big watch collector and watch writer, uh-huh. and he has a wealth of historical military watch history knowledge. So um, we had a really solid team, and they had a lot of fun designing it. Um, and we ended up getting an email from one of those guys saying, um, I just unsolicited, said, I need to say thank you for honoring my service by allowing me to be part of such an amazing um, you know, such an amazing project that's going to be helping veterans and, and bringing me in from the very get-go. Job well done. Thanks, mates. We've got our prototypes made and they're about to be assembled. We're launching in pre-order today, actually. Yeah, today's the release. Yeah, today's the release. And then um, we're having them assembled here by veterans in the US. Oh, it's American assembled? Yep, using Swiss parts. It's not only getting assembled, it's a, uh, isn't it, if I remember correctly, a special organization that's assembling them? It is the Veteran Watch, in, Watch Initiative. How, how we found those guys, we were, I was in Australia over last Christmas, back doing some work, because our headquarters is in Australia. I came back and I connect, reconnected with Jamal and I said, um, mate, we've got to get these, we've got to try and get these watches made by veterans in the US. And he said, funny you should say that. And I said, why? And he said, why you've been away? I wanted to know more about watchmaking. I was just checking if I could learn how through the veteran, if there was a veteran program, program because there's a veteran program for most things. Yeah. So exactly. yeah. if I could learn how to do watchmaking. And then he goes, and here's the watch they sent me, and this is the first one I've made. He, they sent him out a pack because to, to apply, you have to do, there's a test and you have to put this together in I under see. X amount. And then um, he actually went up there and he said there's a, there's a place called the Veteran Watch Initiative that teaches military, um, military veterans how to make watches and it's an 18 month course and when they come out of that course they can work in any watch. As a watchmaker? As a watchmaker, a qualified watchmaker, they can work wow. in any. What the fuck? Yeah, it's very cool. Chris, have you done it? No, I have not. You gonna do it? How have you not done it as a... I, first I heard of it was... That's when amazing. You sent me the it was founded by a guy called Sam Cannon. 
he was a he was a um, a SWAT um, sniper. Okay. And he was on the top of a building, on a case, and something went wrong, and he he ended up falling from the building, and ended up um, uh, becoming a, a like he couldn't work at uh-huh. SWAT anymore. Yeah. Set up the Veteran Watch Initiative, and um, that was thirty years ago, and they've been training people ever since. So we will, um, you know, a percentage of all of our sales are going to to those guys because it's such an incredible cause. It's educating veterans, and we're you know we're employing them. Um, That's amazing. We will. I would. I would love to have one of their graduates uh, be our full-time watch, be one of our full-time watchmakers as they graduate through. For me personally, I mean, this hits home. Obviously, being a veteran, and uh, I take with a grain of salt a lot of companies when they say they are doing things to help veterans or you know doing these different programs Um, because on the surface level and their press release level it it looks great it sounds great but then you start diving into it and things just didn't actually like really benefit the veteran per se Um, but this I mean it goes from the top down I mean you're the love for veterans and the appreciation or it gets the bottom up the bottom um, up that's that's the difference exactly where between well, i mean i guess i should say you started from the top down but then you you found You've, it to weigh it goes it starts from the building the of the watch and we build it up together and it comes up and then you're not only you're putting monetary value with the percentage back into it one thing we will never be is write a check get the photos and say thanks guys see you later yeah. yeah it seems like you guys are grounded your boots are on the floor right when when jamal took me to a surf day uh-huh. At, at Malibu, it was, it was, I can't remember what the name of the foundation was, but it was all veterans. I've surfed my whole life, and we're, we're out in the surf, and it's only like small waves, but I'm watching these guys paddling gung-ho down these waves, and I knew they were about to get smashed, because they don't know what they're doing. <laughs> they can't see where they are, but they've just got these biggest grins, and they're saying, I don't care, I'm taking this on. And then it would end up, like, they'd come up out of the water, and then just, they'd be laughing again, and then, the energy was so high then when we got on the beach it was like the energy was still there but it was like back to real world now uh-huh and i could feel sadness to a lot of them and it's a sadness that i knew very well from you know i had a breakdown in my early 20s and jamal and i comparing notes and comparing stories and and you know the mvp uh, merging vets and players group that i'm a part of um you know everyone's got their stories but we just need to talk more about it I've got, a, I've got a friend who is, um, he says to me, I'm the only person that, that he reaches out to when he's in trouble or when he needs help or, or something. And I think, like, that really, that, that is a big issue for me. Yeah. When you're a kid, this is the one I love. When you're a kid, if you break your leg, you get your cast and you proudly show it off. You can get everyone to sign it even. Yeah, that's right. Because it's, it's, a, it's, big, a, badge of honor. it's a big badge of honor. Yeah, it is. But if you, have, if you have some type of mental health or you're struggling, whether you come back from war and you've given, you know, your mates have given your life or, or you know, people are, there's 22 veterans commit suicide every day in the US. 22. Almost one every hour. And, you know, how many of those could be saved by talking out? I don't know. But I talk to anyone who'll listen. Because my life was saved in my, in my early 20s, and I nearly, I nearly didn't make it because I, I was too scared to talk to anyone. Connecting with Jamal and connecting with those guys on the beach and connecting with the guys at MVP and then Sabbath Foundation who are doing some amazing stuff for anti-drug recovery, um, you know, for me, this feels like the most right thing I've ever done. Like, uh-huh. from my breakdown 30 years ago right through to now, it's, it's right, you know.
See, going into this conversation, I was, I was wondering, and I was more, very, very curious on why an Australian brand is wanting to work with the U.S. Army. But honestly, after sitting down, I don't see any other brand trying to do it. Australia is the only country who has fought side by side with America in every single battle they've been in. The only country. And the first person, non-US citizen ever to lead US troops was an Australian in World War I. That day is what started a, a hundred years of mateship between the US and Australia. That was in my pitch to the US Army as well. I was wondering because it's like, why is not an American brand doing it? Because I, I'm so used to the idea of the hobby that we're in, which is watches, being something of a luxury item that, like what you guys were saying earlier, it's like usually surface level. Here's a check, take the pictures. Yeah, yeah. But your guys' deep involvement, not only in the veterans' lives, but literally from, you guys were saying, the fucking bottom up, is honestly amazing from a grassroots level of yeah you know there's two guys jamal who's my friend who put helped us put most of this together or helped me get closer to the veteran community mm -hmm. um but one of the other the one who wrote that email before his name is rohan rohan martin jamal and rohan served in iraq together um 30 years ago and we were just talking the other day they said did you jamal are on another podcast and i said did you ever think in that time, you must have talked a lot about life. Did you ever think you'd be designing a, a, watch. a watch with a Swiss watch company out of Australia? And he said, no way. <laughs> no but, way in hell, but how cool. You know, they loved it. Yeah. And it's, it's just another amazing you know, life moment to tick off on their, their journey that they've been, you know, they've been best mates ever since they, they served together. I think they're at Fort Campbell together. Uh, I've, I've uh, learned a lot more than not sound rude or anything but usually sitting down with watch brands they're pitching the watch they're not I'm pitching pitch the story i'm pitching the people because they're way more important than any product any of us can ever pull together watches are amazing uh-huh but it's a, it's just a medium to bring us together right yeah That's but at, at the end of the day i've been when we've been teasing this this watch on instagram and then we've been saying can a watch make a difference I don't know if it can, but we're certainly going to try. To go into the watch itself, you mentioned you, you reached out to the Army and you, want, you wanted to do everything mil-spec. What kind of led you down that route or, or what made you decide, I want to make sure it's, it's actual mil-spec? Well, um, that was Christo, the founder, um, for a couple of reasons. One, he was thinking, how do I do this in, a, um, in an authentic way? How do I, I've never designed military watches before. He started researching and he did a very, very deep dive. And um, he found the, the Department of Defense document and read through it and he, he said, I think if we do something like this, that it, because we are official US Army, and if we do a watch to one of their Department of Defense documents, um, or two watches to one of their Department of Defense documents um, with our flavor. He thought that would be really cool. So we stayed within those constraints. Um, and you know, some of it was difficult to incorporate the hollow crown. Um, but with the team, they all kind of went back and forward and people wanted it and 
was, it was good. He, I mean, he wasn't on his own. I don't think he could have done it on his own. He would have been able to do it, but just it would have taken him way longer. So during that process, are, are, is y'all's team working with the DOD or Army or mil, whoever kind of manages the mil spec, or is it they no. just give you the documents? We've just got the mil spec documents. So here you it's like go. a 40-page document, like, right? Yeah, it's a 40-page document. basically read through it, and yep. you have to make your specs to yep. exactly what they say. And the, the field watch is, um, is named reference 31101 because that's on all the details that are on page 31. Uh-huh. And then the yeah. dive watch is 34101, uh, so they're on page 34. So it's, 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 it's a pretty amazing, it, I, should, I should have brought a copy of it. I'll send you guys a copy of it. Yeah. Um, it's, if, it's, it's fascinating. Yeah, because dude, 40 pages for a fucking watch, it seems excessive, but hey, if, it, if there's a reasoning behind it, there's a reasoning behind yeah. it. But here's a, here's a proper tool watch there. The, um, the veteran said, this is what I would need. Um, this is what I would like to see. You know, one of them said, I want to see a big skull and crossbones on it and whatever. <laughs> <laughs> a fucking Punisher thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah well, they, they, they were talking about the, the uniform between Army versus Navy football team. They had these big... That's right. Yeah, they had these big skull and crossbones and that was... They started to have a lot of fun with it and then was, hang on, we've got to reel it back in a little bit. And like, we, we may do something like that down the track. We've got some... Um, we've got some good potential collaborations coming up. Not collaborations, but potential limited editions from within this collaboration. Being back in the Army, um, most of my watches were Timex or Casios, things of that nature, but I didn't use any of the features other than time, um, you know, or you know, timer in, in sense, like yeah. if you know I need to be at a certain point at a certain time, you need to time like how, how fast are we moving and, and that kind of, you start building like um, your kind of your, your increments of like how long is it going to take us to get somewhere yeah but other than that like you know some of these watches they give you all these things and like you know when you go into the higher end quartz or higher end I guess electronics like Sunto and things yeah you know, they give you the GPS and stuff but and those really only help in emergency situations um, and you really hope you're not in those situations That's but right. Just time and like timing things is what the main Look, thing you the, need. One of the most important things in that document is that um, the hands have to be the most legible. Yeah, you can't yeah. you can't have a logo. Um, and if the logo is on it, it has to be quite like faded, um, so it's nothing stands out. It's quickly easily read. And a quick glance, yeah. Yeah, and it's also um, for the field watches an NH thirty five um, Seiko movement. It's, it's a hacking movement, so it can be. Just pull out, synchronized. So if you need to synchronize it, bang, yeah. you're all back on at the same time, and knowing that you're going to meet back up exactly when you need to. And that's uh, that's actually a lot of people don't realize, and it's obviously in the documents, but it's important. Like, yeah, when you say you're supposed to be somewhere, like if yeah. you lose communication, that's the first thing they revert to is like, okay, they say they're going to be here at this time, at this time but if yeah. they're not there, then we know something's wrong. So we actually have the watch here. Uh, so by the time this episode is out. The watch has been out, so go ahead and purchase it. Uh, we'll put it on the show notes. It'll be on the website and everything. So we'll we'll take a look at these, and then uh, we can continue it on. I am curious, and I'm sure you'll cover it. Um, the sand on the crown on these ones. Um, so it is soil from in the crown here that will have been marched on trained on oh my god that's so cool um you know helicopter dust off so i don't know what, like whatever 
everything that's happened, it's a piece of military history going, you know, it's a meaningful connection to your training or your past. So, This is a field watch, bro. I wanted to talk a little bit about you, Aaron. So were you always a watch guy? No. No. Nope. Because uh, you... Um, you came into Basel re very recently as someone who wasn't a watch guy who came into a watch company and made such a loud noise and resurgence. I think it's, for me, I've been founding businesses since I was 20, 23, 24, uh -huh. I'm 50 now. Um, I, you know, I started out as a hand-painted sign writer, like painting signs on walls and things. No, yeah, really? Yeah, absolutely. And what I did learn about business was that, well, I think it was more a lesson about life, was that there were so many guys turning up to work, all the older guys saying, I hate this job, I hate whatever, and they were just grumpy. And I thought, well, why do you come? And then um, I didn't know anything about, um, you know, childcare payments, alimony, you know, or bills. And I was just a kid. I just surfed every day and, and turned up to work. My life was good. So, but the minute I finished my apprenticeship, I said, I'm going to work for myself. And they said, no, those guys were institutionalized. You know, they've been there forever. Uh -huh. And then I just said, they said, what do you know about business? I said, nothing. I know how to do my job and I'm going to do, I know a lot of people will, I, will give me work. And then um, I never looked back. I mean, I made so many mistakes, obviously. I was making things up as I went along. And then um, now I kind of, you know, down the track, I'm, I'm probably, what's that, 28 years into business uh -huh. now, founding different businesses. And Bosell is the first um, business that I've, uh, you know, I've, I've worked for, or worked in in 25 years that I haven't owned a found, that I haven't founded or owned a founding share of. Um, Prior to coming into Bossell, my wife and I had founded a, um, a beauty company with some partners, a microfiber makeup remover. Uh -huh. And we founded that in May 2017. And we were, um, we sold it in early 2019 after we were in 4,000 retail stores in over 100 countries online in 18 months. Sure. So, for, so for me, it's not necessarily about the product. The, these products are, the products are amazing. But if you, Christoph, I mean, he's always trying to elevate his products, and, and this is a, these are killers. So I'm oh curious, on the dial here, you have H3, and then what looks to be like the radioactive yeah, symbol. That's a bit of a, pays homage to the um, you know, vintage watches of the past. Okay. I love that's it. That's cool. Yeah. It's so, so it's, good. it's about, for me, business is about stories and storytelling. And if you're just selling products, then you're just like everyone else. And if you're actually, I mean, if with this project, right, I could get home, like I just got off a plane now uh -huh. and I'm, I've come straight here and I'm completely pumped. I'm not tired one bit because I really enjoy this, this project. And I enjoy the difference it's making to people's lives and I enjoy the value that I get out of it. You know, there's a book that I, I love called The Go-Giver. And you know how you always hear, he's a real go-getter? Yeah. That's quite selfish, you're getting everything for yourself. But a go-giver is someone who goes out and just keeps giving and adding more value than you take in, in price. And like, if the world is, does more of that just in their friendships, their relationships, in their businesses, like, we're in a better place. Yeah, absolutely. Outside of watches, right? What are some of the things you enjoy doing in your spare time? Um, I enjoy jujitsu, obviously. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you like getting choked out. I like. 
you're going to learn what it's like in a minute oh. <laughs> after this. Um, no, I, I do enjoy defending being choked out. Uh-huh. I don't necessarily like being choked out. Um, I, I, lo I love jiu-jitsu because of, it's, it's similar to this to the watches. It's about the people. It brings all walks of life together. Uh -huh. And what I, I always teach, the very first class, if a new white belt comes in, I, they always put the white belts with me because they know I'll look after them. Uh -huh. And I always like to get like the smallest, youngest girl or boy, and I like to get them pick me up and throw me. Yeah. Because they don't think they can, but with leverage, people don't know how strong they are, but because they don't know how to use the leverage. So it's very empowering. Um, it's very good for the mental health, and it, it just brings all walks of life and allows for more friendships. What do you think? I like it. Bro, at the back, it says <laughs> anti-negative vibes. It's, it's what we're all about. It's what we're all about. I love it. Anti-negative vibes. Like, I mean, we're... PTSD and trauma sufferers, there's always some type of negative vibration uh -huh. there somewhere, yeah, you know? Absolutely. And it's just a little reminder. I mean, a watch is a reminder of you know, time. One, the time we've lived and how we spent that. Mm -hmm. And two, the t you know, how much time we've got left and how we're going to spend that. Uh -huh. And if we're a little bit more aware of time, we can learn from the past and live for the future. You know, I, I, I nearly ended it in my early 20s during my breakdown. And I look back at all these things, I look back at what I'm doing now, and I look at this project, and, it, and I look at the Wimbledon thing, and I think, you know, the more those things happen, the more I think, I would have missed all of that. You know, if I didn't, but I nearly waited too long. I was so close, and I felt so lucky to be able to still be here. And that's why I do talk to everybody, and that's why I want to help as many as I can, because, like, my life's been amazing. Yeah. But for a patch there, I thought my life was over, and so I couldn't go through I actually now I want to ask you, what advice would you give uh, someone who wants to make a change in the world? Let's say that someone wants to affect change. You don't have to do anything big. Simple rule, don't be a dick. You know, That's enough to start because yeah. everyone that comes in contact with you will have a better day because you weren't a dick. You know, everybody's struggling through each day and let's be nice to each other. I think that's as simple as it breaks down to. No one, we don't have to do big, huge things because none of us, not all of us have access or the platform to be able to do so. It's just, just be good to each other. No, I mean, that, that makes absolute sense. You guys heard it here. So now I do have a question. So, uh, who would you say is the most famous person you have contact-wise on your phone? Hmm, that's an interesting one. Yeah, one well, you probably haven't heard yet. <laughs> not sure I want to say. Um, it depends in what context, like an actor or a... Everything. Jean-Claude Jean Biver? Oh, wow. Holy shit, I mean... That's a pretty big that's one. a big one. Especially <laughs> in this context. <laughs> <laughs> like everyone in our kind of hobby should know who that is. Who JCV is? Yeah. yeah. Look, there's, a, there's an article coming out in the New York Times on the 9th that it was supposed to launch today uh -huh. um, to when we like to launch with the watch but it ended up being bumped to the 9th of November and they wanted a heavyweight from the watch industry to weigh in on it and um, our, the 289 Consulting who we use for our press who are ex-LVMH and yeah. um, they, they run all the big brands and we're the smallest brand that they've taken on by a mile um, but they love our story and they you know, 
we're, we're coming strong. And then, um, so the New York Times wanted a heavy hitter and then they said, um, she, Marine reached out and asked Jean-Claude and he, he's commented straight away. What did he say? We, he said that he can't think, from a business marketing play, he can't think of a better partner than the US Army to enter the US. And then the other comment, he said that the only reason a business should exist in the world, in the state it's in at the moment, is to make a difference, is to help. That's awesome. Mm. That's really awesome. Pretty really solid. Yeah. Were you thinking someone else in my phone? Maybe Max Purcell, someone I don't know. That's one. I mean, I was going to be like, a, if you call them right now, would they pick up? Dominic Purcell. Guys, if you know the show, uh, Prison Break, that's who. Uh, I was in the Philippines when Prison Break came out. So. It was big in the Philippines? Yeah. yeah. It was huge all around the world. Dom and I went to, to Paris once to do a, an in-store appearance there. Uh -huh. um, he was doing Comic-Con and he was wearing our watches, so we, we organized where, where our watches were being sold in, in Paris um, to go to the store. That's so we, good. We would get home at 3 in the morning to the hotel and there would be people out the front, like 50, 100 people, saying, Dominic! Wow. Dominic! Ah! <laughs> our big I'm hiding behind our big security guard. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, look, my, my wife used to be an actor's agent, and that's part of what led me into the watch industry. Uh -huh. um, when we were moving to Australia, oh, sorry, moving to the US, the guys from Bossell, one of the original um, investors in Bossell said, Aaron and Beck have got a really good network over in the US. You should reach out and see if they want distribution. And then, um, so we, we came over here with distribution, started getting into some luxury hotels. We're in all the montage hotels around the country and some retailers, but then, that um, beauty brand that we founded blew up and we didn't have the bandwidth for it. So I just said to, to the guys, you know, you need to take it back. And then um, I gave the distribution back to Barcel. And then as soon as I sold that other company, they said, Back on Barcel, yeah. Come on, take over, please. So, and here I am talking to you guys. And Found himself in so from, 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 <laughs> from distribution to, to when you came back, what was your new role? Yeah. See ya. All right. That's a Damn, big. That's a big jump. Straight up, <laughs> yeah. dude. There that's was no one. progression on that no, one. No, I came. I came straight in as CEO, and um, the first thing we did was was rebrand. Um, as I said before, like Christoph loves Australia. It was very Australian. Like, hold on. How Australia we're talking? Like kangaroos and koalas, or? That's not a knife. This is a this knife. This is a knife. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It wasn't that bad. Um, but it was. It was. It was, like. Australian country like Ayers Rock, I see. some kangaroo stuff. We were the first brand ever to um, collaborate with the Sydney Opera House. Oh, shit. Which was a crazy watch because of, our, because of our, um, our hollow crown. They took a tile down off the roof that had been on the roof ever since the day um, Queen Elizabeth opened the Sydney Opera House, ground it up and put it into the tile. On the dial was the sails of the Opera House that only formed the full Opera House at 2.45 p.m. each day, which was when Queen Elizabeth cut the ribbon. It was an amazing storytelling watch. Um, and, you know, it's it's now more, you know, that what you think of Australians, I always say it was a bit too Crocodile Dundee and not enough Chris Hemsworth. But it's, <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's not. It was ama it's an amazing watch company because the watches were, were incredible. The quality of the watches were incredible. Um, but back then, Christo was just designing watches that he loved and then finding a market out for them. Out of passion, them. yeah. Yeah, just straight out of passion. And it's, his passion is incredible. It does not stop, it won't stop, and which is why it makes my job easy because I know that he's just head down, just... I see. 
Yeah, he's like just chase, chase, chase. Super strong. We got a couple of really good things coming next year. Um, with the little um, connection to that, to that one. Oh, oh. He's pointed. By the way, he pointed to Chris's AP. Oh shit! Now I'm interested. <laughs> but I'm gonna go back to you just mentioned about the opera house, and again, you know, we keep seeing obviously the sand from the bases, sand from the beach, um, you know, the ground-up metal from the the Invictus medals, um, and the tile from the opera house. Like it's just when you wear your when you get to wear your watches, you have like a little piece either of home or something that might be really important to you. Like if someone's really loves the opera house or part of that community then um just always with you we yeah. had a person ask us if we would put some of their father's ashes in i was actually kind of curious i could tell like, where you were going and i was like whoa that's is that a little bit you know, i couldn't tell if it was morbid or if it was a nice thing by him but the more we thought about it, it was an opportunity for us to do something amazing for someone and um we did do it and he wrote back just thanking us uh, about how much it means to him to actually have a, you know, to carry his father around with him in yeah. his watch. Um, I mean, there's yeah. just so many applications really for that crown. And uh, obviously right now they're all mostly like, I guess more of the production level. Obviously it's kind of harder to do one-offs like someone's like, ashes. father's ashes or mm. something like that. Um, yeah, but but yeah. it is a market potentially for Within the Royal Australian Air Force, we had several different um, squadrons do their own version with us. We had three crew, and then they had their own logo stamped. <clears throat> and then I can't remember what they had on the back case back or in the, in the crown, but it lends itself to really authentic. We started out doing watches for the Australian Intelligence Corps, and they all served in Afghanistan. So they had sand from Afghanistan in the crown. The more I fucking learn about this company, the more I just fall in love. We also have... Uh, a big jar of Afghanistan sand, enough for about 500 watches. So I'm not saying that we are going to do a limited edition Afghanistan edition of maybe one of these watches, but there is potential yeah. next year. And that's been so much of majority of veterans yeah. now. Yeah. It, it, yep. That's been a part of their life for the yeah. last 20-ish years, and like it's part of my life. I, I've been over there a few times, and. Uh, that's another thing I thought it was like, oh, maybe cool to maybe have soil of somewhere I've, I know I've been and bled and yeah. fought and things like that. So I was with the veteran yesterday at my house looking at designing a, they, he runs a, a foundation that is going to do a limited edition of this with his personalized to their foundation. Um, because that's, it's, a, it's also open for that as well. And he has, he has a bullet, like a casing of one of the first sniper shots ever taken in Afghanistan because they were one of the first boots on the ground um, he has that casing and he wants to melt it down and have a tiny little thin just a little thin ring on each of the watches just on the inside of the, that that casing means a lot to him and he wants to make that into um, you know a watch with Afghanistan sand in the, in yeah. the crown man this is amazing like uh, one of my very good friends, someone I consider a brother to me, like I said earlier, he was he served in Afghanistan. He went there three times. And I know that like this, he's not a watch guy, but he's been to a few of our events at our local group in Austin. And 
this is something I am 100% sure that he will fall in love with. Not just because of the watch aesthetic, the design, but everything that is behind it. It's huge. If, if you, if you, I'm not sure if you, is that connected to the internet? Yes. If you open up Bossell US Army page, you'll see the whole design team there. Not the whole design team, but most. Uh-huh. You'll see some of the, you know, there's footage of us creating all the way. Um, the page itself feels exactly how I feel about the project. It, it, how I felt working through it. And it's, it's, you know, sometimes you build a product and you've got to build a page for it and you've got to sell it, you've got to tell a story. But this one just, it just felt into place. It didn't fall into place, it felt into place. That's amazing. It's, it's been, I mean, I feel ridiculously privileged and honored to be able to do it. Yeah, it's huge. I think you guys are enacting change in an actual way. I don't know. I, I want to run an affiliate program where any, any veteran in the country can... Um, where any veteran in the country can, you know, jump on our affiliate program and, and make, you know, 15, 20% revenue or 50, 15 to 20% of sales just by jumping on our affiliate program and adding it, adding it to their Instagram and it, with a, a trackable link. You know, so it's, that's... You guys are doing an incredible that, job. That is on top of anything that we give to veteran charities. So I want veterans actually themselves to be able to, to make something out of this. I mean, everyone runs their affiliate programs with influencers. Are you not done with influ- are we not done with influencers yet? No offense, influencers. Honestly, um, I'm over influencers. No, I'm I've been that way for a long time. Um, yeah, you're really not giving it to people who really want it. It's just I know they were making they money off of that. So like something like that, where a veteran can promote something that to his brothers and sisters like that, yeah. knowing that like again, created from the watchmakers of veterans. Portions of the sale are already going back into a veteran community. Designed by veterans. Designed by veterans, and it's like mil spec, so it comes from veteran like heritage, lineage, and stuff. So, like, there's just, yeah. Man, let me tell you, something that I came in, I knew I was gonna like the watches. I ended up liking the brand a lot more. So I want to thank you again, Aaron. Like having you on, it means a lot. Every, fuck man like it, it, I, it got emotional like I got emotional just hearing the stories mm-hmm. Thank you. well mate thanks for having me and I'm, I mean I just want to tell this story to anyone who will listen it's I, it needs to be told I think and not just from a business point of view or marketing forget that uh-huh. for um, because I know what it's like to be at the you know yeah. just with the weight of the world on you and think I'm not coming out of this um, but it's not too late reach out that's that's the biggest thing um especially i'm in a few veteran groups and even within ourselves we tell each other to to reach out and uh and it could be your best friend and you just don't know like they don't reach out and then next thing you you hear is the bad news and you're just like man like i'm right here like you can call me at whatever time in the morning and i'll talk like we can talk whatever like if I need to drive to your house, I'll do it. I'll be it. there, yeah. Yeah, three in the morning, whatever, I don't care. I don't like care. It's, I'll it's, be there. I mean, I would rather that. I would rather cry. I'd rather yeah. hug you while you cry than me have to cry at your funeral. Yeah. Exactly. And anyway. I, may, I may have stolen that from Nate Boyer, um, who was part of our veteran uh-huh. um, design program. He just released a movie called MVP. Uh-huh. Um, and this is just shows how bad it was. At the end of filming the movie, there were 51 people um, from a certain squadron or a certain platoon had um, committed suicide since 2008. 
and they finished filming the movie last year and by the time they got to the um, the launch the release it was now then up to 54 from the same group it's I mean we have to do more yeah I want to thank you Aaron thanks for coming on uh, we'll be putting up a veteran helpline on the notes and everything else where and, if, we'll and also if anyone needs anything uh, reach out put up my personal Instagram or whatever uh -huh. reach out DM me I'll always talk back Absolutely. always help and I'm happy to do my thing notes too let's put that uh, veteran watchmaker yeah, we'll, put, we'll put the veteran watchmaking thing everything that we've talked here we'll, we'll put it because really, that's I really think interesting that I'm going to look into it's in, just to promote more to, yeah. to, it's to in folks. an old ambulance station converted to a watchmaking school in Odessa, Delaware. It's in the middle of nowhere. Anyways, guys, we're closing off. Uh, check out Basel's release. Check out their story. First and foremost, it's Basel.com. B-A-U-S-E-L-E.com. And, and on their um, Instagram as well. It's the same thing. On the Instagram. And uh, yeah, get behind us. And um, if you need any help with anything, and if you can help spread the word where I'm here. It's not a one-way street. I give as well. All right, guys. Hey, thanks. We'll see you guys on the next one.